You know, it, there's something nice about constantly revisiting a film over and over and over. I'm a little bit. I not bitter. I'm not bitter. Mm. I'm a little like. I'm torn. I feel torn. Mm. Yeah. I I am excited to be here talking about Toy Story. Don't get me wrong. Of course. I just feel like I've talked about Toy Story. Like, I feel like every time we do, we do Pixar, we're like, well, you know, yeah. and Toy Story, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. If, but, if everything I say you've heard before, then forgive mm-hmm. me. What I will say, though, is there are other films that come up on a frequent basis. So, like, whenever we have votes based off turn-of-the-century unsinkable ships that have starring Leonardo DiCaprio, we always revert back and talk about Titanic. But That's I mean, true. Like, so, I mean, you gotta be... Just, just acknowledge how we revert to some movies when it makes sense for them to come up, and that's just yeah. how life is. Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't... Mm-hmm. I, you've made me see the light. I had not... Uh, mm-hmm. I had not considered the... the horrible titanic example um <laughs> i'm going to hijack things for a minute all right One, yeah. welcome to the movie men podcast i'm peter that's brady um i'm gonna uh, hijack things by giving you uh like a quick bit of trivia on um our show we we didn't acknowledge it formally and it's not an like a, a rounded anniversary of like 25 years or 10 or something but we did just recently hit a three-year anniversary of our podcast and um yeah i mean that's special like three years is more than two it's more than one it's more than none so still the only sound effect i have is so i (laughs) (laughs) that's no that's not appropriate no um and so anyway uh, I, I want to just pick pick your brain, and maybe the avid listener will have these answers. Maybe they won't. Maybe they joined partway through the show. But I just want to pick your brain on a couple things, and you'll see where I'm going with it in a second. But I want to ask you, Brady, and the listener, but mainly Brady, what was the oh, first geez. film? What was the first film you and I reviewed on an episode? It's one of two, okay. and I can never remember which came first. Lay it on me. I okay. I think our first vote was Aladdin, okay. but I think that before we did Aladdin, we did one film that wasn't a vote, mm-hmm. and I think that was the Lego movie. Oh, okay. You know what? I'll give it to you. Actually, no, you basically got it. Uh, the only thing that was out of sequence, we did do Aladdin. That was our very first episode, it was our very first vote. Lego uh, movie came a bit later. So that's, uh, you know what? For three years, that's good. Like, you have a good memory. The Sudoku puzzles you are doing are helping you just keep doing what you're doing. Eat, we you watch, we watch them both in your living room. That's all I remember. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Who who was our first guest? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Sure. Because you said... On the okay, so okay, so the first couple of guests we had were friends of yours, sure, who I've only ever met once when doing <laughs> like I've only ever really interacted with once when recording yeah. those episodes, and they were yep. within like the first 10 episodes we started having someone on, right? Yep, 
I know that the first episode we had a guest for was The Lion King, I think. That's correct. Yep. And was it someone named Matthew? Kevin. Kevin Kevin. Pennington. See, so this is the thing, because I was like, so the other day when I was listening to Top Gun, in the Top Gun episode, you give a shout out to a guy named Zach. Right. And I was like, oh, I know that name. I realize that there's like three or four guests that we've had. Mm. And I can't remember. Like, I would have to go back and look. Because yes. I don't know who they are. I don't remember their names. Never, yeah, it they're was, friends I, of mine. You've met them in passing. Like, just, hey, welcome for to the like show tonight. We're hanging hour out. Hour and a half at a time at most. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know these people. I don't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but we've had a Matthew one. For mm, we did. Star Wars, Insidious, Insidious, Insidious. We've Where had a Matthew. We've had a Kevin. Lost my Has mind. Zach been on the show? No, Zach no. needs to be on the show, and he will be. He is. He is a listener. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. We almost had him on for the Last Jedi, and we had technical issues, uh, and just okay. with COVID and life and busyness, it hasn't aligned yet. But he We were still figuring to. out remote guests at that point. We, we still have kind come of are. On the on the topic of a three year anniversary, we've come a long way and I hope the listener enjoys it because as a result the audio quality is just so much better. And I hope as a you know, I think it has a trickle down effect because instead of you and me stressing about technical things, we can just be more fluid and have better conversations. And I hope so. I hope it just has a better overall production value of just things are it's more easy easy listening in many facets. But because we had tech issues with Blue Jay's dad as well, like we were able to iron oh. them out. But I think he like yes. I think he tuned in from like a Starbucks or something. Yes. So there's all this like background noise and yeah and whatever yeah. When I think about it, it was uh, the wild west, the wild west, stupid Starbucks. But my final question, and this will round things out, uh, as far as making it three and you know where we're going here. What was our first new release film that we did? Uh, Toy Story four, and that is why it makes sense. Yeah, for us to do Toy Story. Yeah. It's and then, but there were a couple in a row, note. like it was right, maybe not in a row, but close together. Like it was like mm-hmm. Toy Story, The Lion King, um, Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Man Far From Home, and then like Joker was in there. All these like crazy iconic big deal releases all kind of happened in alignment with us starting our podcast. Like it was, yeah, it was like big event, big event, big event. I'll just never forget your face walking out of Joker. You're just like, you know, if, didn't if want we to having, socialize. You were like, I was, you were a shell was, of a man. I, uh, more questions. I literally think that's the last movie you and I have watched in person together, which is and bullshit. Just, yeah. What have yeah. we watched together? No, I'm no, no, no. I'm oh, saying which it's, the is, fact, sorry. it's it's a fact. And that oh, fact yeah. is bullshit. Yes, I we completely agree. Re- but convene. Just you know me, and I know me, and I hope the listener has come to know us by be joining us. That just the fact that I watched the Joker and like that is like on the shelf of like the last movie we watched together is just like so so funny in a way. It's just oh yeah. If you don't laugh, you cry. See the difference is like yeah now. 
it would be, I don't think I would, well, would I come to you? We would have to meet like in the middle to see a movie because I would be yeah. like, because yeah. here's the thing. If we're yeah. going to meet together to see, because we, so for the listener, oh. we live about two and a half hours apart. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, like if you're new to the show and you haven't heard this, the fact <laughs> that we sound like we're in the same room looking across from each other is an editing miracle. Um, right. No, it, it, if we were to do it, it would have to be for like a new star. Like it would be mm-hmm. a movie like Star Wars or something like right. that that was so big and so groundbreaking and such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That I would also say, okay, well, we're not watching this in the small town movie theater that. Yes. Right. Yeah, like we're, sure. you're coming yeah. and we're watching it in IMAX or we're, you know, we're yeah. doing at least a Dolby Atmos experience mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, not, not yeah. happening. Not happening. Uh, cool. Cool. Well. I, I have trivia for you. Oh, I'm so excited. Like. Should I? This never happens. No. Don't no. play no, don't play the music. I don't have music yeah. for you. So do 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 boop. Yeah. That's Wow. Yeah, that's what I have. Uh Kay. I have Toy Story trivia. Okay. Uh not not a shit ton, but it like you know. <laughs> I didn't skimp either. Um mm-hmm. so I have a couple of like interesting little things first to say. Great. Uh one is that Tom Hanks's brother Jim Hanks <laughs> does the voice for Woody in video games and pull string right. toys and stuff like that with you know if it's just yeah. like they can't afford Tom Hanks or Tom right. Hanks is too busy or you know whatever. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. Um Toy Story owes its existence to the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. Because prior to The Nightmare Before Christmas, Disney was reluctant to um, have animated films that were, like, shopped out to other studios. And so when Nightmare Before Christmas was such a success, that opened up their their willingness to collaborate with studios like Pixar, mm. which at the time Disney did not own. So, oh, okay. You know, yep. that's, uh, yeah. Um, do, 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 do. What do I have here? Ba, ba, ba. Just a bunch of stuff about like early versions of the film. It doesn't really matter. Um, do, 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 do. Um, who was originally supposed to be the voice of Buzz Lightyear? Okay. Was it A? Okay. Tim Allen. <laughs> was he just the original? Was he? Yeah. Okay. okay. B. Robin Williams. Okay. C. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> or D. Billy Crystal. Oof. Oof. Okay. I have to acknowledge my bias or my my unfair advantage i did some reading on these things i don't actually know because the only things i read were very speculative like it was like a list of 12 maybe even like 14 different names and so at that point when it's listing that many names it's like how many were actually considered and how much is just an internet troll making things up or speculating on things so some of these names that you listed are like yeah i've heard so i don't actually know but so considered for Buzz, 
Actually, just adding to the troll thing, I think I heard some of those names listed for considered for Woody. So that just Maybe. goes to the internet, you know, quote unquote trivia that isn't really on the up and up. Um, okay, for Buzz, I'm not 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 Nicholas Cage, not Nicholas Cage. I'm just going to go with Robin Williams just because Tim Allen, again, doesn't scream out to me like the obvious choice. Obviously, he excelled at it. And coming off, um, what's that thing called? Aladdin. I think it just makes sense to say, hey. They liked working with him. We like working with him. He's a dynamic personality. If nothing else, if the graphics suck, if the this thing just falls flat on his face. At least Robin Williams will sell tickets. So that's what my guess would be. So the answer is Billy Crystal. And <laughs> Billy Crystal has said, so he just simply declined. He wasn't interested. Um, okay. And Billy Crystal has gone on record a couple of times saying that throughout his entire career, that is the only regret that he has. Jeez. Yeah, that he passed up Toy Story. Because, yeah, it just didn't know what it was going to become. I, you know, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see Billy Crystal. I just don't. And I I guess. And then we wouldn't have had him likely as Mike Wazowski, which is, would have also been a shame. Mm. I, yeah, I, you know what? I, 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 history worked its way into what was best. So. Sure. Question number two. Yes. Why isn't Andy's dad around? Is it A, because Toy Story creator John Lasseter also didn't have a father and he was trying to add a personal touch to the film? Okay. Was it B, financial reasons? (laughs) Was it C, that they were trying to make a political statement about families and Mm. nuclear families? Hmm. Or was it D, that the creators believed that showing a abnormal you know, not your stereotypical mother, father, children mm. thing um, would help normalize that and and educate children. Hmm. I feel like two of those are similar, like in the same ballpark, like in a Venn diagram, they have some overlapping things about like making the political statement and like normalizing it. So I'm going to go with the Lassiter connection saying like, hey, it was his own personal touch of wanting to, you know, recreate something that was personal to him. So that's the that's what I would go with. So this is 1995, and it mm-hmm. is the first full-length computer-generated animated film. And even to this day, humans are hideously expensive to animate. And mm-hmm. Andy's dad just wasn't wasn't necessary for the story. Oh. <gasps> And so it financial they left him out because it, it was just too expensive to oh. to also have a second parent. Oh, that's so true. Because I was like smirking at that one because I'm like, it's not that. Like, you literally you literally empty the bank for Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and everyone under the sun. But I'm there's more to cost than just hiring the actor to voice the part. You're right. There's the whole animation component. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, final question, and then one more fun little tidbit. Um, Perfect. I'll, tell, I'll give you the tidbit first. In order mm-hmm. to really wrap their minds around what they were doing um, and try to get the movement of toys right, the mm-hmm. animators, for a couple of days, 
nailed boards to their sneakers so that they were forced to walk around and behave like army men to really oh. like yeah to really get a, a feel for like what this should be and what it should look like no way yeah Talk final about question. method acting method yeah. acting final question this movie saved what toy from you know like what what toy what popular toy was really struggling with sales and mm. saw a 20% sale increase once this film finished was it a okay. mm-hmm. army men okay b mr potato head mm. c etch a sketch oh or d the barrel of monkeys oh my initial before you listed any was army men but i think it's etch a sketch just because that's like i believe that's a brand so that's what i'm going to go with just because it's like a specific thing right i think there'd maybe be different brands of like army men or monkeys or uh, i'm gonna go with etch a sketch all uh, right, and you are correct, sir. Yeah, yes! Etch a Sketch saw a twenty percent. So it's it's not its own brand. It's made by uh, Ohio Art Company. Oh, um, okay. You know, just like Mr. Potato Head is Hasbro and stuff like that. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, it saw it was it was really struggling, and then Etch, uh, the character in the the movie, um, hmm. yeah, brought on a twenty percent sale increase in Etch a Sketches after Toy Story, which makes sense. Jeez. Like I had an Etch a Sketch and. Sure. And, you know, no doubt I was maybe not entirely. I mean, it was back in the day. I had like a light bright. I had like a creepy crawler. Oh, light bright. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never had an etch a sketch, but that was the toy of choice when I went to a store and I could pick a, like a toy off the shelf to play with while we were at the store. And then I had to put back when it was time to leave. Oh, really? Yeah. Your parents were too cheap to buy you an etch a sketch? Like, I don't, like, clearly you I don't wanted think one. I ever. I don't think I actually wanted one or else I like would have got one for a birthday or something. Right. I think I just like I got all my, you know, jonesing for etch a sketching out at the store and then it was time to go. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I've I've had enough. That's enough. All right. All right. So there you go. That's my trivia. I, I um, applaud you. Thank you, sir. That was fun. I also have a couple things that I want to just lay lay out just fact wise. Factoids. Uh, again, I, I don't know what to believe because these were not from reputable sources. Just like different things like the Robin Williams, even like Clint Eastwood, quote unquote, considered for Woody. I don't know. Uh, Chevy Chase for Buzz, I could maybe see. Um, I saw some things floating around Jim Carrey also considered for Buzz. Um, and it, like it was, they were going to find like a bit of an old school, I think it was like Randy... So I can't remember the name, but they were going to find a bit of an old school Hollywood actor for Woody and Jim Carrey for Buzz and kind of have like an old school, new school thing of just like out with the old and with the new kind of embodied in the toys. Um, I did not know Steve Jobs was as associated with Disney as he was. Um, I didn't realize he was the largest individual shareholder. I just noticed his name as a, an executive producer for this film. Uh, so that was news to me. And uh, talking about a mistake that almost happened during the production of the film, apparently Steve Jobs made a private call to one of the producers 
trying to convince this producer to use Bob Dylan as the writer and performer for the soundtrack, to oh, which I man. go, good God, no. Can you imagine Toy Story without Randy Newman? Okay. <laughs> I like I feel like toy there's there's the power of music in film. And so like I feel like a like a musicless film is one thing, but I feel like then having a bad soundtrack is even worse than a musicless film. Sure. And like a bad soundtrack is what for me Bob Dylan would have done for this this iconic thing. Well, Disney um, was lobbying for this to be a musical. <laughs> And so I did see that, yeah, and I don't. So, mm, so the soundtrack yeah. could have been very different. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's easy for us to say of this film that caught lightning in a bottle, and you know, maybe it would have been an incredible musical. I don't know, but um, as it's constituted now, it doesn't really fly for me as a musical. No. Um, very. This is just an interesting tidbit for me of just like the dynamics of you know. I never think about what it's like a day in the life of an actor, so I found this interesting. You know, Tom Cor- Tom Hanks recorded his dialogue between breaks in films, but it worked out that he recorded it in the breaks between Sleepless in Seattle and A League of Their Own. So he did it in a break between two comedies, and he specifically didn't want to record his dialogue between Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And... Um, I, I, I guess I just get it from a practical perspective of like being in a mindset of comedic elements and light elements instead of doing it between very serious dramatic roles. Yeah. It would be hard to be a up and down on a roller coaster of just taking breaks and doing something high than doing something low or, you know, it's one thing to do these things, but to do them back and forth, back and forth, I think would be very difficult. So that I found that interesting. I love that you just referenced Forrest Gump as a very serious dramatic role. That was a, well. I I, I it get it. Yeah, it's got yeah, like it's a goofy movie. You're right, like with yeah, compared to the tone of Philadelphia, you're right. Like it's a very Forrest Gump is serious, but it's very light yeah. comparatively. It's all yeah. about comparatively. Yeah. Um, two more things, and then that's it. Uh, full production for Toy Story employed approximately 110 people, compared to The Lion King, which had 800 employees. Jeez. Well, you got a lot of people drawing stuff, right? You got like, a lot of people drawing stuff, computers taking jobs. The last thing, and this is just peculiar. This is obviously just, it's shining references in the Toy Story franchise. And it's obviously just something that the creators like the film and just put Easter eggs in because it doesn't really make sense associating the two. But in Toy Story 3, like, there's a room 237, which is the room in The Shining where a lot of the haunted... Like, I think it's the most haunted room at that hotel, so, like, there's that. Um, I never noticed this, but there's, like, a definitive group of people, like, who noticed the comparison between the carpet in the hotel of The Shining and the carpet mm-hmm. in Sid's room, mm-hmm. and just this hexagonal pattern, and it's just in Sid's, very similar. In the hallway, the upstairs hallway of Sid's The upstairs house. hallway, yeah. pardon me, yeah. Um, and just, there's a few other ones, like in Toy Story 4, there's, um, the dummies and whatnot that- We don't speak of that movie. We don't speak of that movie. But I remember when I saw Toy Story 4, the first movie we reviewed, uh, first new release we reviewed together, even there's, there's a, a, a component where they knock over like a toy box or something and it plays a song and it plays the old iconic song, Midnight, the Stars and You, which is the iconic 
ending ending song in The Shining. And so I just find it weird that there's all these obviously purposefully, obviously elaborate Easter eggs for like what people would deem an iconic horror film in this children's franchise. Like I, it's just such a weird pairing mm-hmm. and I don't get it. Yeah. Well, and Pixar is notorious for for doing that though like ref- referencing their own films referencing animators from the films referencing sure. upcoming like if you watch any pixar movie there are hints at future pixar projects um hmm. yeah hmm. so uh, interesting question then how many um how many other pixar films have referenced toy story well i mean in a way, you'd have to go all of them with the whole Pizza with, Planet truck. With the pizza, yeah. So not specifically. But, I'm, yeah. So okay, there's okay. excluding Pizza Planet and the oh, the Luxo okay. ball. Oh. Um. Hmm. Actually, I'm trying a blank because nothing is, ob- like obtusely sticking out to me. Going like, oh yeah, this is reference. Like I, I don't know. Like how many? Like. So the answer is six. Okay. Um, so in A Bug's Life. I, and I'm just, uh, full stop, I'm glad it's six and it's not like 20 or something and then right. I'm just oblivious yeah. to this happening. So in A Bug's Life, uh, in one of the bloopers that play during the end credits, Flick, as he is about to take flight, quotes Buzz Lightyear's catchphrase to infinity and beyond instead of right. for uh, Colony and for the oppressed ants everywhere. <laughs> and an additional blooper... Uh, it features Woody as a crewman running uh, the clapperboard. Hmm. Uh, in Monsters, Inc., this is the one that references it the most. Andy's cloud wallpaper is shown while Randall is practicing his scares. Right. When right. Boo returns home at the end, a Jessie doll is seen on her table. What? During a blooper, uh, while Mike and Sully are walking to work... They wait at a crosswalk next to Ted's leg, who roars and stomps his feet. The camera zooms out to reveal that the leg belongs to Rex. Oh. Uh, A larger version of a clown toy from Andy's room appears at the laugh floor near the end by the laugh canisters. Hmm. The toy airplane that Buzz lands on when he's first attempting to fly is seen on the shelf at the beginning of the film. Oh. Oh. In Finding Nemo, when Nemo is frantically looking for a way to escape the fish tank, in the dentist mm-hmm. office, a Buzz Lightyear action figure can be seen lying next to the toy box in the waiting room. Um, nice. In Cars, the tires of all the Piston Cup racers are uh, Buzz Lightyear, are Lightyear buzzard tires, a reference to Buzz Lightyear, obviously. Hmm. In Wally, Rex is seen in Wally's house. Ham can be oh. seen in Wally's house when Eve visits. Hmm. And the orange traffic cones from Toy Story 2 can be seen in garbage piles and in Wally's room. Oh, neat. And in finally in Up, the grape soda brand for the bottle cap that Ellie gives to Carl is the same as seen in the Buzz Lightyear commercial in Toy Story. Oh. Oh, <laughs> no way. <clears throat> yeah, and Lotso Huggin' Bear can be seen as the balloons pass the child's room. Oh. 
Huh. Huh. So there you go. Yeah. There some, you go. Some, like some blatant, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like characters are in these other films. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Cool. Neat. Cool. All right. Let's talk about Toy Story half an hour in. <laughs> we have been. Initial impressions. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Toy Story. Uh, mm. You know, the the film that started it all, the mm-hmm. timeless classic, the film that never looks as good as you remember it looking, um, right. for whatever reason. You go back, mm-hmm. like, it still looks great, but you go back and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is their inaugural say, computer animated film, huh? We're like episode 194-ish in. And you've said that, and I think early on you said that, and I always thought you were being a bit of a snob. Like I'm like, Brady, with your technical backgrounds, I think you're a little honing in on it more than other people. Just, it's okay, it's 1995. But you're right, like even myself, I have now, watching it more recently, gone, great moments, visually, but there are some moments where it's like, ooh, eh. Yeah, like even the leap between Toy Story and Toy Story 2 is huge. Oh, massive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's only four years, yeah. essentially. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, yeah, my initial impression is uh, it's Toy Story. I mean, you're a total piece of shit if you don't like Toy Story. Like, I don't I don't <laughs> know how. Okay, like, listen. I, I don't know how you, like, who I sits. I don't think that's true. What miserable monster sits in their armchair drinking cognac going, <laughs> I hate Star Wars. Like, it just doesn't, that doesn't exist. So, Star my initial impression, or Star, Toy Story. Well, I, I mean, mean, both both are applicable. Both um, apply. I listen, I won't go as far as that. I won't go as far as that. <laughs> All right. What are your initial impressions then, sir? You you holding back pansy? Go ahead. All right. I'm going to start off my initial impressions with some shoutouts. Um, Aaron Mader with the vote of his where he said, definitely the most impactful uh, on the movie industry as far as Toy Story, which is a bold statement, but one that has some merit. And I got a kick out of Andrew's vote where he said, out of context, I guess we never really pulled this back. This was a vote episode where there were four voting options. Uh, Toy Story, Babe, Tom and Huck, and Pocahontas. Toy Story won by leaps and bounds. Babe came close, hence the bonus episode. But of these, we had multiple pig-talking episodes uh, as a potential, and Andrew's vote was, I want a movie about an adventure of a talking pig. So Toy Story it is then, and which, I got a kick out of which that. Which I take issue with as soon as I saw it, because Ham doesn't Why? actually leave Andy's bedroom until Toy Story 2. That's when he goes on an adventure, so... Well, I mean, he is moved, and no. that is an adventure. No. Oh, no, no. that is an adventure. That's like, that's like saying, you know, I, I gotta pause my movie and get up to go take a leak, and... <laughs> I hope nothing happens to me on this adventure. Should have brought my Listen. handkerchief. <laughs> Listen, going to take a leak is more dangerous than you know. Maybe at Listen, your age. I'm it, still I'm still okay. That's not There's no the, the treacherous waters of going and and peeing. Do you pee do you have to get up and pee in the middle of the night? No, I'm not 94. No, I'm just like I I've never had to I've never had to get up and be in the middle of the night. 
Like oh, I can, I, I can okay. drink an entire glass of water before I go to bed. Oh, and I'll wake up in the morning and like really have to go, but I will mm. never wake up in the middle of the night having to go to the washroom ever. Gotcha. Yeah, it depends. I usually stop drinking a little bit before bed. Just to- oh, see, there you go. I can also drink a coffee and then go to sleep. Like, I cannot do that. Yeah, you know. So, which all of these things make up for the the gray hair in my beard, and that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, I will be saying adventure is defined as an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity. So it says nothing about actually going from spot A to spot B or leaving the house. So I will still say it's an adventure of a talking pig. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about peeing. Still, I was like, I don't think that fits the. <laughs> no. Again, I think you're doing it wrong if if it's like... <laughs> it's an adventure. If you start getting nervous sweats before approaching the urinal at your local <laughs> movie theater, then you're doing it wrong. Mm. Yeah. No. Pig adventure, not urinating adventure. All right. Uh, yeah. Initial impressions. Objectively, yeah. Per- for me personally, what an absolutely monumental achievement, both as a trailblazer, you know, Pixar animation, obviously. Um, also is the soundtrack amazing just the actual you know the soundtrack orchestra it's uh, like the orchestral moments are great but the actual songs uh, by Newman are incredible and just I just it's there's so many Hollywood moments where you you know you see lightning that was caught in a bottle and you go what it like that is the only choice they could have made and Newman for this film I I just don't I, I don't know how this came to be. Like, I don't know who would have said in a board meeting, I think Randy Newman's the missing piece for our missing puzzle. It's a weird and, choice. And like, I, a hundred times out of a hundred, if I was there in 95, would have gone, no. Not only no, but don't come up, like, you're not on the ideas table anymore. Yeah, you're like, fired. that is, you're fired. And I look at it now and I go, perfect iconic couldn't have, like there is no one on this earth who could have captured the emotions that needed to be conveyed in these songs and moments so just mm-hmm. it just it's, it's it's incredible but obviously the transcending elements in this just hits on so many human experiences and that's what makes that's what started pixar being so pixar you get everything in this you get buzz with this existential crisis you get andy and woody's changing relationship and you get some jealousy and the answer of what each individual's purpose is and it just the, the fascination of new and forgetting the old and you know that gets explored a bit in the sequels as well about the space race and Sputnik and forgetting westerns and stuff but just I obviously love it I grew up with it so I'm a bit biased but it's an incredible film and my hot take Disney's or sorry of all the Pixar films, Toy Story is, I, I believe not, actually, it says, when I read this, when it was written, it was the shortest movie of all the Pixar films to date. That may have changed, in, like, if this was written four or five years ago, so maybe there's, like, one or two that are a bit shorter. But at a time, quite recently, it was the shortest Pixar film. And my hot take, whether it's not, by definition the shortest anymore it's definitely in the short you know top three of the shortest that is one element that makes this movie so good and maybe that's an element that has been lost in some of the more recent films that aren't as good so uh, interesting maybe my point is saying 
sh- length is not an issue for films for me, but don't put filler in or don't feel obligated to stretch it out to 90 minutes. An hour and 21 is more than enough. If you're telling the story you need to be told and you're doing it emotionally and with conviction, I don't need two hours. I don't need an hour 45. Just do what's authentic to the story you're telling. And so that's my hot take. That's why this is so iconic. And that's maybe something that's been missed in some of the failures of Pixar. And that's interesting because like, I would wager that that was like the runtime of this film is less of a creative decision and more of a, this is extremely, we're treading new water. It's very expensive. Mm. It's very complicated. Like, you know, like I'm guessing at an hour and 21, they were tapped Mm. out in more way than one. That's so interesting. That's a really good point. Yeah. Cause it, Oh, that's such a good point. Cause it may not have just been a creative decision. It could have been an unintended consequence of listen, we dry, we have no more resources. That's it. Interesting. Yeah. Like nightmare before Christmas is short. Cause mm-hmm. what a beast of a movie to, you know, you're taking yeah. photographs and posing things frame by frame, by frame, by frame. Yeah. So yeah, you don't make it two hours because that's literally months more of work. And yeah. millions upon millions of dollars. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. No so cool. Mm-hmm. What what do you dislike about this movie? Not a lot. You hit it on it you hit on it already. Um if if we could have gotten the animation from Toy Story Two in Toy Story 1, like if the technology was just four years a bit better, um, that's that's really my main beef, honestly. It's just Which the is something you can't points. even hold against it. Like You can't hold it against it, but you can't ignore it. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there's some elements that maybe drag a little bit. Some of the sequences, once we get up in Sid's room, um, I do wonder if we need the brief animosity between these um, disfigured toys and Woody and Buzz and thinking there's some animosity here if they're going to kill us, they're going to eat us. I feel that Sid's presence is enough of a conflict to say we are screwed or we're not, we're going to be left behind by Andy. Like that's enough of a conflict. Being lost toys is enough of a conflict. I, I, you know, I, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but if there's some things like that where if you had eliminated the scene of the hostility and Gunch just gone straight into, hey, these other toys feel marginalized and bullied by Sid, let's join up with them. I feel the the film would have had the, the same hitting points and great moments, and um, I, I just wonder if that was a little bit unnecessary. Um, I could not disagree more. <laughs> I love it! I love uh, because it. because that that scene is not about conflict okay that is a lesson in judging a book by its cover they, oh. they're these ugly deformed okay. toys and so the instant assumption is they're cannibals they're monsters they're gonna, we're afraid of them and they're like the biggest sweethearts they're arguably mm-hmm. morally better characters than woody is they are right? woody's definitely a more, piece of crap in this film for most of it I will neither confirm or deny, but what I will say is they are very benevolent. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, yeah, no, I think that's a powerful, powerful moment of like realizing these are not only 
not monsters because of their appearance, but they have right. value and there are our friends mm. and and yeah. No, I think it's a I, super powerful thing. I definitely won't back down of what I could have done without because that segment again I could bypass it. But you've definitely made a really good point and I'm I have an ear for it. That's a really good point. I will well, say. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh I could do without Sid's sister. Sally doesn't do anything. Really? Yeah. What? Uh, like, what What value does she offer the film? Uh, I mean, she bring, she leads to the iconic, hilarious moment where Buzz Lightyear's having the tea party with the headless dolls. That's and true. And Buzz goes, Mrs. oh, Nesbitt. I'm having... Yeah, I miss Nesbitt. And also, like, I'm having tea with Marie Antoinette, which as yeah. a kid didn't understand and now as an adult i'm like oh the headless doll too soon yeah did she have it's does she have cake on her plate when Mm, don't remember don't remember because that would be another little genius (laughs) yeah or maybe Uh, they all have cake except for her (laughs) i i guess i just liked this daughter and she uh, I guess it just it embodies some revenge element or some appeasement when like at the end after the toys teach Sid a lesson then she kind of joins in on it too and chases him around the house with the doll so I, I feel like she has a purpose but not not to a main uh, not to a big emotional emotional end so that's yeah. fair question for you mm-hmm. and this is something because obviously in the film the fourth installment that doesn't exist um, oh, and listen, and I we reviewed this film, and you went hard on Toy Story four, and I I think I was a little bit more on the fence. Like Brady, you know, we got to be, you know, it's Toy Story, it's fine, whatever. I think I've like three years later, I've never sat down and watched it in full. I've watched no the other three. To. I've watched the other three countless times, and I sat down with my daughter because she loves these these films. Yeah, and I sat down and I watched the fourth one with her and literally not only i got bored and was going ready to walk away i would have watched more if my daughter wanted to but literally she was like yeah let's go do something else like a two and a half year old was like i've had enough if, if this is screen time i've had enough let's go do something and mm-hmm. it's just so bad I, my point is I, in three years i've never sat through it once and i've watched the other countless times i've come full circle it's so bad it does not exist I have watched it twice all the way through since we reviewed oh. it, and I will continue to hate on it eight days a week. Um, I want to join you it's in hating it. garbage. And yeah. it's just, it Did you, really, like, and you, you have made a living, not actually, but kind of, on the whole, you know, sequels, remakes, they do nothing, like, just do them. The best case scenario is you have something great. The worst case scenario, you still have the originals on the shelf and, you know, whatever. No harm done. Toy Story 4, this actually, like, goes back on that whole premise. Yeah. Because it ruins some iconic themes of the first three films and just kind of like after you've gone on this journey and learned the lessons that you've learned in one, two, and three, those lessons like in some ways go out the window because of number four. Yeah. It's, it's just like, how could you absolutely burn the bridges of, or burn, burn the track that got you here? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've got, I'm Uh, heated. So my question was, (laughs) was, 
How, um, how much do I hate Toy Story 4? So lot. obviously Bo Peep's not in Toy Story 3. Um, and she's yeah. featured yeah. prominently in Toy Story 4. And we learn a little bit more about, you yeah. know, she was the yeah. the night lamp of mm. of Molly. Molly, yeah. Do you ever in Toy Story 1 or 2, like even I get in Toy Story 1, you know, like our reflections on objects and stuff isn't honed in and stuff like that. When Toy Story 4 came out, I was like, oh, she's made of porcelain? I never, never. Do you ever get the impression in this film that she's a glass night lamp figure? No. No. Not, Not one bit. Like not at all. There's no like tinking when she walks. There's no. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like that was a little bit of a retcon or something. <laughs> yep. But yeah. What are the things you love, sir, about Toy Story? I hit on them. It is so so emotionally charged and driven. You know, is is a kid. There's elements that a child can relate to. You know, jealousy being forgotten, being replaced. But as an adult, there's just as equally, if not more things that you can hone in on, like existential crisis. Like just this whole cliff that that uh, Buzz falls off when his world is broken, his worldview is broken, yeah. of who he is and what his purpose is and how he finds it meaningless now. And just all these deep, deep, impactful things that as an adult you watch and go whoo like this is this these are high stakes so just how emotionally driven it is um and you know what this is the textbook this is the template that they made human elements in inanimate objects in non-human characters that are it's fun to watch in a world and we can relate to just a day in the life of the toy and how how they made it emotionally charged it's not just like toys who want to do have weird motivations or motivations that are just unique to each toy they have this seamless connective desire they all want to be played with they want to be they want to be cared for by their master and it's just heartwarming and um i just think about how how every decision that was made in this movie has kind of emotional implications and i i read at one point one of the endings that they thought of was actually barbie jumping off the moving truck with her corvette based off the real toy um and they were going to have the car go back and save woody and buzz when you know they're stuck on the road and because of copyright issues like mattel said no way jose we don't know if this film's going to be crap or not you're not using Barbie, and that's why Barbie doesn't show up until the sequels. And I, I just think that would have been the most hollow, hollow climax resolution. Instead, we we get this going up in the rocket, and we've got these two toys flying with each other, and the growth that they've, they've each individually come so far, both in their own journey, with their journey with each other, and just coming to this climax of, we're flying no we're falling with style and it's just so yeah hits on everything that we've seen until they since they first met and it's just so emotionally impactful and so i think that's just an example to me of just it's not just about toys interacting it's just so emotionally 
thorough and followed through and that's what i love about this there's there's literally a list of 427 things that i could probably recite to you that i like this i like that but the connection is it's just so emotionally charged and wonderful and um that's that's what i love that's what i love about it do you, it's, that's really interesting to me, that thing with Mattel, because when Buzz is introducing himself to the other toys and they're introducing right? themselves to him, Rex yeah. identifies as being yeah. from Mattel. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe true. they were a little lenient, but not... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, or I don't know what the laws are about that. Maybe you can mention a brand by name. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. I don't know. Because clearly, like, I don't think Rex is an actual... He's not based on an actual Yeah, no, toy. I don't think so. No. no. Um, what, do you, what do you like? What do you love? I, it, literally, there's no point in saying... Everything that you said, and then sure. and then everything else. Like, it, just the movie, right? Like, I, I, and, and probably so much of that is nostalgia. Um, sure, because you grew up with it, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Did you, yeah. like, because maybe I'm a freak and I'm the only one that did this, but like as a young kid, when your imagination was still running wild, did you ever like fantasize or like wonder if like when you left your room or went to school, if some of your toys did that came alive? I'm so lame. I never thought had that thought. I like talked to toys or like interacted with them with them, but I never had the imagination to go. I wonder if they're having their own adventures when I leave. That's a yeah. very cool concept. Yeah, I totally, I totally bought into it for years of my childhood. Who yeah. did you like? Y- you know, someone's got to pick a side in every you know relationship or every argument or whatever. Who, who did you? If you had to cast a vote, whose side were you on in this whole dispute? Woody's or Buzz? Um. Neither, like definitely hmm. not Woody's. Um, really? Well, yeah, because Woody's like he's malicious at times. Like I he's guess. he's downright. You know, he tries to knock Buzz out the window. I. But it, in what he says is true. It was an accident to a degree. Like I think was he, it. He wanted to throw him. I think behind the desk, not like to his death out a window. But granted. Still, he was, was yeah, he's not made, a great yeah. guy. Um, he's not a great guy. Jealousy makes people ugly. Um, it does. But then even Buzz is like, I don't know, sometimes he's just a little arrogant and full of himself. And part of that is mm, like kind of not his fault because, yeah, he's yeah. just ignorant. I'm yeah. honestly like, I'm on the side of like, I don't know. I don't think I'm on anyone's side. I think I'm just like along for the ride. Yeah. Honestly. Maybe this says something about me as a person, but like I was just on Woody's side through and through, and I overlooked some of his shenanigans just because I was like, Buzz, you are just a, an arrogant jerk, just ruining everything. But yeah, that's but definitely emotionally yeah. charged. It's not rationally, no. rationally thought out. No. Do you have anything else to say, sir? Not really. I, I my uh, things I enjoyed the virtual reality or virtual realty for sale sign on the house. I thought that's just so clever. Um, 
loved the Binford toolbox, the whole Tim Allen bit. Yeah, yeah, from Home Improvement. Yep. Home Improvement. I, I laugh every single time when Woody is stuck in that machine with the green squeaky toys, and they're yep. all saying, the claw, and just Woody's trying this darndest to say, Buzz, come on, Like there's a back door, let's get the heck out of here, let's get out of Dodge. And these little green guys start slapping Woody like, no, we must obey the claw. Like, you, we must respect it. And just Woody goes off. He's like, stop he it, you zealots. Yeah, stop you it, you zealots. zealots. And I, yeah. like, every time he says that phrase, stop it, you zealots, I, like, laugh out loud. Just it's, something the, about it. Because it is, just like any other Pixar oh. film, it is peppered with adult humor. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and just like I said, the ending is incredible. Love it just so emotional and i love the akuna akuna matata uh the little easter egg with their when they're in their van and they're singing it and it's playing and it's wild because i think lion king only came out like a year maybe two at most before this so because what's the one joke talking about adult jokes um yeah, yeah. laser there's couple, envy there's a couple of like laser envy La- yeah. there's there's when um in uh, again, this isn't like in the you know next one um, when Jesse kisses Buzz on the cheek, right? And his wings pop out. Oh yeah, that's that is a, a <laughs> relatively adult joke. Um, yeah. You know when he's uh, where's do do do? There's the on the. Um, on the cannibal toys, mm. there's the like the fishing wheel has got like hooker legs, like they're these long <laughs> fishnet stocking, high pumped. You know, like there's a lot yeah. of things, or even like you know, um, when in in this one, um, there's a relatively dirty joke where Bo uses her her cane to pull mm. Woody in by the crook of his yep. neck. Um, yep. And she says something to the effect of like, you know, I'll get someone to watch the sheep later so we can have some private time. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and Woody like blushes and gets all giddy and like, you know, it's not, they're not talking about like hanging out and chat chatting. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, there's, there's enough stuff in there that is referential to, to older adult humor. Right. right. Yeah. Scale of zero to ten, sir. Toy Story. If if we had the animation of 1999's Toy Story 2, I would be saying ten out of ten. But I can't. It, there are some flaws in the animation, and I, you know, that really is the only thing that I have a real problem with. The other flaws I said are, are passable for me. So it's close. I gave it a nine out of ten on a scale of ten. Uh, on uh, how much effort to put in. So often I would pay premium access 30 bucks and, you know, on that scale, I'd pay premium access to see this. Uh, maybe even borderline, I'd pay to see it in theater, depending on like if they if they did an anniversary, like in three years when it'll be 30 years, if they if they like if they upped upped some of the graphical shortcomings and made it a little bit better, I would absolutely see this in theater dolled up or like but. a like a marathon. Sit and watch Whew. all three, and One, then three, leave three. before the fourth starts. <laughs> <laughs> yep, basically. 
Be like, I've already paid too much money to see this hot trash. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a nine out of ten. What What do you give it out of ten? I give it an eight point five, but that's only yeah. to leave room for Toy Story two and Toy Story three. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I got some news for you, sir. Sure. Um. Oh gosh, where to start? Where to start? Um, it looks like Henry Cavill may be returning for a Superman reboot. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. How Interesting. Do you feel, how, how do you feel about that? I have no problems with it. I liked him in the movies I saw. I'm, uh, I, I didn't like Man of Steel, but that's not him. It just, the movie to me dragged a bit. But in like the, you know, Snyder Cut and the Justice League and the Batman v Superman, I liked him, so I, no problems with that at all. Nice. Uh yeah, I'm I'm he's he's my favorite Superman. I think he's so good in the role. So like He is. Yeah. Good point. Like he I'm really here is. For that. Yeah. Um so for a while now because of the pandemic and other things, you know, world political stuff happening and so on and so forth, we've had a supply chain issue. Mm. And the next thing that's going to be affected by that is cinema popcorn we might Pardon run out me? we might run no. out of popcorn in movie theaters what and and yeah and so and what's interesting about it is it's not the popcorn it's not the canola oil that they cook the popcorn in it's a shortage of the glue that they use to package the canola oil to ship yeah so it's it's weird. Jeez. It's like this. You have to like follow the logic, but uh, yeah, there may come a time where you go into your movie theater and and say, "I'll get a large popcorn," and they say, uh, "How about some Skittles?" <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah. Like um, that, oh. Top Gun. Yes. Has scored the second highest opening weekend or not not opening weekend the second like it's second weekend cuz films drop off obviously it's first week is always its most financially successful um mm. but top gun has has scored um the no okay i've said this all wrong it has scored <laughs> the best second weekend in history best second weekend interesting okay yeah okay. so it was was as far as like the ratio of drop off and profit Right. Top Gun Maverick has had the least drop-off from weekend one to weekend two in cinema history. So people are still where going. Do we th- people are where still do we going. Think, where do we think it's going to end up on the highest grossing films of all time? Like, do you think it's going to crack top it, 10? I don't... Hang on. Let me pull up the list of top sure. 10. Top 10 highest grossing movies. Mm-hmm. So we have Avatar Numero One. Numero un. Um, Avengers Endgame. Wait, so this list is not. Hang on. Box Office Mojo. Box Office Mojo. Give Back in my day. Mojo. Um, all time. <laughs> Do, do, do. Top lifetime grocers mm, worldwide. Okay, so Avatar is number one. Yep. 
with uh, two point eight billion. It's sure. not passing Avatar. No, no, no. Next up with two point seven billion is Avengers Endgame. It's not going to pass that. Then Titanic with two point two billion. Uh, the Force Awakens with two billion. Avengers Infinity War with two billion. Spider-Man No Way Home with 1.9 billion is in the sixth mm. slot. Number seven, Jurassic World with 1.6 billion. Um, next up is the 2019 Lion King with hmm. 1.6. The first Avengers with 1.5. And then Fast and the Furious 7 with 1.5 in the number 10 slot. I, if it could bump any of those, it will be the Fast and the, it might take the number 10 slot. But I, I'm skeptical. I can't, I don't have any logical base to say this because I, you know, I don't know the stats. I don't know the metrics not saying this from an educated perspective but now that you say it's not going to do this it's not going to do that why not i mean it's it's already according to wikipedia it's already grossing over 600 million so yeah but there's a lot of films there's a lot of films between that and like if i hang on i'll scroll down this list and i'll see 600 million so, yeah, well, and I get it. Six hundred million isn't going to get it done. Like, so let's let's say let's fi- say it makes yeah. another hundred and fifty million. Let's say it reaches seven hundred and fifty million. Oh yeah, and I get it. If it goes that, that's not going to crack any list. It will. That will land it securely in the one hundred and twelfth slot. Sure. Yeah. It's so I, I, you know. I hear you. It's got a long way to go. But I'm just wondering if this could be the next thing that just stays in theaters because people keep seeing it. Like, people who haven't seen it yet are seeing it. And, uh, and maybe. That's, that's I think, what I'm trying to trying to get at. Like, I just wonder if this will be the thing that just perpetually just keeps churning and churning and churning until, yeah, 2.8, it's not going to get there. But it's, I feel like it could It's tough, crack. though, because if, like, if I scroll through and I look at all of the films in, like, the top yeah. 100... They're yep. Jumanji movies, Shrek movies, Harry Potter movies, Pirates of the mm-hmm. Caribbean, MCU yep. movies, um, uh, do, 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 Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. So, like, mm. these are films that Star Wars, Jurassic Park, like, obviously, these are films, 007, they have a higher, they have a larger fan base than Top Gun. These are, like, major yeah. franchises i and again i don't have i'm not saying this with numbers to back it up i'm just speculating but tom cruise like tom cruise could be enough to propel that 38 years or 34 or whatever it is of 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 gap between sequels like i guess i'm just saying i could see it being the little engine that could and yeah. propelling itself. If I'm and I guess I'm not confident through, enough to say it will, but I feel like it has a chance. So scrolling through, um, the highest grossing Tom Cruise movie is Mission Impossible Fallout, and it's in the 96th slot. 
Mm, okay. So Tom might yeah. not be enough. We might not be enough. Might not be enough. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see. I guess I'd say I'll grab some popcorn and wait and see. Yeah, yeah. But I might not even be able to get popcorn. So might not be able to get popcorn. Uh, Scream 6 is Whew. in the works. Woo boy. And Nev Campbell, who plays Sydney and has in all of the Scream movies that has had Sydney in them, hmm. is reportedly saying that uh, they're not offering her enough money for the value of her character, and so she does not plan on returning. Dang. I'm guessing you can't. Uh, I'm guessing they're going to shell out some cash. Like you can't. <laughs> right. She Walk is the. Away. She is the star character actor of this franchise. She is the livelihood mm. of it. Um, right. So I don't see them proceeding without her. Sure. Or it's just not going to happen. Yep. Um, Deadpool three. Hmm. Uh, the writers on that say that Disney because it's now owned by Disney, have been very supportive of their R rating writing. Wow. There might be the odd joke where they're like, um, that's maybe a bit too far. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're giving them free reign to to do what they want to do, which is very interesting um, huh. for Disney. But I mean, you kind of have to. You can't bring a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool right. in at this point and make him PG-13. You just yeah, can't. can't. rein it in. Can't no. rein it in. No, there's no way. Uh, what else do we have? I'm saving that one for last. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a um, the next Jason Reitman-directed Ghostbusters movie is in the works. Hmm. Which is exciting. For me, what what time frame? Like, so we're probably a couple years out then. I would say at least two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had a Black Adam trailer that's pretty cool. Okay. Hmm. So finally, oh, okay, no, 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 not finally. So Jurassic World Dominion. Ooh. Is currently the lowest rated Jurassic film in the entire franchise. People are hating on this film. It has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I'm not shocked. I I am excited for this new film. I would be lying if I said I don't have any interest in seeing it. But I just vibes and red flags that I get from watching some of the trailers and just the more I'm breaking down and thinking about how I think about this newer trilogy I I'm not a big fan of the new trilogy yeah and and like nothing is giving me excitement to say ooh I wonder where this you know I wonder how they're going to wrap this up it's kind of like well you kind of have to make a third one yeah iconic franchise I'm literally going to be there for Sam Neill Laura Dern and and Jeff Goldblum (sighs) Like that's right, yeah. That's exactly. what this is about. My favorite Rotten Tomatoes review, though, is there are plenty of films that require us to turn our brains off in order to enjoy them, but Jurassic World Dominion requires much more. It's not enough for your brain to be off; you have to be brain dead. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some positive reviews in there, but that's, that's oh, the sure. one that sticks out as the... And yeah. finally, there was a picture released online of Joaquin Phoenix okay. sitting somewhere in like a Malibu hotel or condo or something, <laughs> yeah. reading the script for Joker 2. a film that was supposed to be a standalone but look this is the thing when you make a film like it's it's every every film that's ever been made like don't Mm -hmm. kid yourself every film that's ever been made is a cash grab people go oh this film was a cash grab yeah Mm -hmm. exactly that's the point that is the point it it is the movie business (laughs) Right. And and it's bad business to not be making a lot of money. And so the idea was that Joker was was written and, and made to be a standalone film. But when you make a film for $67 million, which is a very lean budget for a movie, and it grosses over a billion dollars, right? you don't not make another one. Oh, right. Yeah. So for sure. I am pumped. I know you're... Your anus has just clenched a little, but that's, I, I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to be returned to that gritty world. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Gritty. Gritty. Gritty's one word for it. Upsetting, that disturbing. Is a word. Yeah. Yeah. What, what'd you watch this week, sir? Uh, I watched two films. I've been kind of making a point of watching films that I've either you know seen a long time ago or on my top 25 list and just reevaluating saying is this still good is this still top 25 is it higher or is it lower where is it at so i watched two films the one coincidentally uh was saving private ryan coincidentally being uh when we're recording it was actually just a couple days after the d-day anniversary june 6th so um i I have always gone on record saying I loved Saving Private Ryan. I think it's one of the best war films ever made just because of uh, just some things that were done. And mm-hmm. I would tend second, to agree. Second only to Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> I never said that. I like Hacksaw Ridge. I still think Saving Private Ryan is more iconic. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's not perfect by any means. And it's not top 10 anymore for me. At one point it was. It can drag. Uh, you know what? It, it does, you know, it, I won't get into problems that it has. I will just say compliments of it. The opening scene is incredible and just, it's one of those things that I forget that I'm watching a film and I instantaneously go thank the veterans for doing that specific battle, but like just fighting for our freedom. So like there's, there's that aspect of it that it, the film has a mission that it accomplishes of just wanting to pay respect to people who have done things for others. Um, But to something that I think the film does really well is having a point, which is, you know, not always common in one war film. Sometimes it's just about the action, just about the violence. Um, But how it does it so well in this film is it has this theme and it comes out about four or five different times all and it all just kind of feeds the main theme about you know how much is one person's life worth and they they never bog it down with like let's have a long dialogue about it it'll be in the middle of an action scene they'll say something in passing and it's referring it's a it's another 
incident that's going on, but it refers to the same theme. And so there's all these different examples of the things pointing in the one direction. So I guess it's just a really great film in that it rows in the same direction, but it never slows down to you know have a pacing issue for me. So it's a seven out of 10. I, I still think it's incredible. It's not uh, as good as I once thought it was, um, as, as far as being top 10. But um, I... I've really come to now really appreciate Tom Hanks. I, I, there's, I've got an inner circle now where I've got Leonardo DiCaprio. I've now got Tom Cruise. And I think I've got Tom Hanks. I think those are like my trifecta of like iconic movie stars. And, um, you know, I guess it's not that much of a hot take to say Tom Hanks is good. but Yeah, I wonder who would be in mine. Like, it's not, it wouldn't be the same list as my favorite actors. Sure. But, like, who are the actors who I just know, oh, it's going to be good. Right. Yep. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Andrew Garfield might be on his way there for me. I am actually shocked. I think if you thought about it more, I think you, like, if I'm speaking for you, I'm surprised he's not there, and I think he might be there for you. I think I think he just needs to get, like, I think I think he's guaranteed a ticket into that circle of, of trust. Sure. I think he just needs yep. to do some more stuff. I think sure. he's just a little, he's still a little too green to mm-hmm. for me to, like, not embarrassingly yep. say, oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a movie star in my circle of trust. Right, right. Uh, the only other thing I watched this week was rewatching uh, a top 10 film of mine that did stay in the top 10 and moved up a bit in the top 10. I watched the 2014 Whiplash. And ah. oh my goodness. It I gave it a 10 out of 10. I don't do that often. It is one of a small handful of films that I thought was flawless and it still was. Because of it, J.K. Uh, Simmons and the size of his J- biceps. <laughs> not necessarily that but jk simmons acting was incredible um yeah it's you know it's for those who haven't seen it it's just about a young musician um who has aspirations um and it's just so gritty it doesn't idolize or romanticize anything about the industry that it's portraying and just it's incredibly incredibly powerful just about the just the demands that greatness costs for an individual and how he's so set on it and the ending of that film it's i was trying to discern if it was just the ending that was powerful and or whether it was the whole film and it is such an ending that i got tingles and and, and shivers from it because it's an ending of the film that requires you to watch the whole film to fully get the emotional context of what is happening and what's significant for each of the two main characters at the end and how they've changed both in the whole film and both dynamically in the last few seconds of the film. And uh, I, I, I just, I love everything about this film. I love how it brings the vibrance of music to film. Like it, like, music is just kind of like one of those things it's like how do you describe sunshine to someone who's never seen it before how do you visualize music in a film in a way that isn't boring or weird or or grotesque or just weird it's just that all these just visceral shots of music being performed and played and just 
I, 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 I honestly, if we had another 45 minutes, I'd tell you about how much I love it. And as I should for a movie that got 10 out of 10. And um, all this being said, there's like a scene in this film where he he's at a kitchen table and he is just so isolated. No one understands his plight. And it, it's just, it's, it's so incredible. I'm just, I, I could talk about it all day. Just, it is, it is one of my favorite films and I, I would recommend it to those who are interested. The only disclaimer I would say is there's a lot of homophobic slurs used in it. And I had trouble getting past that. And no way would I ever condone anything like that in film. The only thing that I realized that I think is why it makes sense is this character is it's a complete jackass who does that. And so I think it is in line with a person being a jackass. And so... If you watch a movie from 20 years ago that has homophobic slurs, you go, wow, that's not acceptable. And that was more common at the time. In the context of this film, it's a more recent film. I think it's just to make this person be a real, real jerk. And I had trouble just getting past that at times. And then I realized, okay, this is here because he's a jerk. That's the only thing I had trouble wrapping my head around. But I guess it had a purpose of not normalizing it or glorifying it, but just saying, this person's a jerk and also they're using these slurs because they're such a jerk and they're like yeah that would be my only disclaimer but yeah that's fair yeah sorry i like literally rambled for like 45 minutes on that and i would do it again <laughs> that makes sense because it's a drumming movie yeah yeah see there you go well planned there you go. well planned what did what did you what did you watch this week I didn't watch any movies this week just because it was a busy week and we had like two episodes. Yeah. To, I had to watch two yep. movies for the, you know. Um, but yeah. obviously yeah. I watched the fourth episode of Obi-Wan. Oh, I'm one behind you. Okay. How did, how how are you doing? Uh, I think it's the weakest of the four episodes. But really? But I also think it has the coolest moment of the series yet. What a polarizingly opposite thing to yeah. say but i get it like I once get you it. once you see it call me and we'll discuss the moment <laughs> sure but sure. uh and then i watched they've dropped the first episode of miss marvel so i watched that mm. today and sure. it you know some of the some of the episodes some of the the plots of of some of the disney plus mcu shows have been hit and miss at times this might be this first episode of miss marvel might be the best MCU Disney Plus episode that we've ever gotten. You keep one-upping it. Like, every new series, you're like, this is the best. This is the oh, best. Oh, no, this... I'm not saying that as you being a ping-pong ball yeah. of going back and forth. I'm just saying they are churning out stuff that, even if it's not the best, it's obviously of high enough caliber of, yeah. of content the, that the it's... The only thing that could potentially give this a run for its money would be WandaVision. Um, sure. But oh my goodness, it was so good. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Wrap it up, sir. Have you? Oh, before. Where are you? Are you are partaking in the Stranger Things viewing? I uh, okay. Listen, I watched yeah. the first season, like of back course. when it came out, and yes. I watched a portion, maybe half of the second season, and I kind of it kind of lost me. Um, sure. and so I yep. haven't finished the second season. I haven't finished the, I haven't seen any of the third season. Um, but everyone's raving about the fourth season. And so Brianna and I have been mm. talking about, okay, maybe it's time to start over mm -hmm. and just 
barrel through this. So I am I am fairly in the dark. Um, sure. I'm trying to stay that way intentionally, and of um, but I plan on rectifying that. Very fair, very fair. Yeah. I, I, I have watched it. I guess that's one thing I forgot to mention. I'm maybe four episodes in of the seven, and then there will be additional ones released in the near future. Right. Um, Do you so, like it? Uh, you know, it's okay. You know, I don't regret it. I think I had some regrets in season two. Definitely some throughout season three. I I think some of what they're trying to do in this season is interesting. They're taking a, di- a different tone as far as the... I guess the the content eeriness or or yeah, the strangeness. I've heard of they've it. gone more horror. Yeah, and I don't. You know, that's not my cup of tea. But that's not necessarily always a deal breaker for me. Just some of the directions they've gone with it, though. I'm starting to feel a little bit okay. We're getting a little contrived here. This is getting a little bit hokey. We've lost a bit of our roots from, you know, the early on years of what made this story magical. So for me, the issue with season two was that, you know, once we got Will back, I realized I don't like Will. Will. Yeah, I will say in season four, I don't have any problems with Will yet, but um, he is he is not the most iconic of the four. No. Yeah. And they had, like, in season two, they'd, like, broke up the band. Everyone was, like, you know, Eleven was off doing her thing. And I was just, like, I don't care. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to I'm excited to sit down and watch it, though. What I will say is I, I don't know how I feel about it artistically, but I will say the one cool thing is just a viewer. I, we're watching about a, an episode a day, and it's just fun to have something that centrally interesting that we go... You know, for an hour a day, we're going to be transported to another universe, yeah, another what's going to happen tonight. What's going to happen tonight? And I honestly just feel something nostalgic about that, you know, like tuning in around the old tube TV and, you know, being yeah. being at the mercy of this story. So, the you know, board box if, with the puppets. Yeah, <laughs> right. So if, if nothing else, I'm getting a kick out of it. Cool. All right, sir. Wrap this thing. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, um, and particularly the ones who voted. There were quite a few. Um, And thank you for all who voted just in general, even if you're not a Patreon supporter. Um, We really appreciate it. Uh, Gave some shout-outs to ones earlier, Andrew and Marshall. Um, We had a few others. And just, I do appreciate it. Brady does as well. Like, follow, subscribe. Check out our Patreon page if you haven't done so already. And um, stay tuned. We've got some new releases coming up. And there will be, obviously, more votes coming up in the future, too. So always give a like and a comment and uh, help help your voice be heard. Yeah. And next week is Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. So tune in for that supposed big pile of dinosaur <laughs> shit. <laughs>